this is our last series of the school year, and there's a reason we're doing this series right now, and that is because I like the idea of sending you guys off into the summer with a very specific thought for how you guys are going to kind of build your own faith, and in this case, own your own faith um, throughout these uh, next two and a half, three months. I mean, some of you uh, are going to be um, shipping off to college. We've got Gary over there shipping off to U of H. Uh, and, and so we've got some folks kind of in that transition stage, high school age. And then some of you are like, well, you know, I don't exactly know what's going on. There's going to be some sleeping in and some vacation. Here's what I want to suggest that this summer might be filled with something to build your faith on your own. So that's what this series is about, and in particular, we're going to be looking at the relationship between Paul and Timothy. The Apostle Paul had this guy named Timothy that he was kind of discipling and sharing with and teaching how to be a Christian. Um, that is called discipleship. So if you know, anyone know kind of offhand where the, the Great Commission is, that Jesus gives us this thing called the Great Commission, these very, very important words that essentially like sum up what we're supposed to be about as Christians. Anyone know where that is? Matthew 28, absolutely, where he says, go therefore and make disciples, right? You're going to teach them everything I've taught you. You're going to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and lo, I'm with you until the end of the age. So this make disciples thing is very important because this is where a, an older, wiser, more mature believer is able to kind of shepherd and teach and help uh, a younger, um, you know, growing in maturity kind of believer. Um, and truthfully, this should be like one of the hallmarks of Christianity, but we're probably seeing a lack of that, um, quite honestly. So I want to look at what Paul um, is giving to Timothy and see if we can't learn how to grow on our own. But I actually, before we start, I would love to engage in a little activity. Um, and so I've got these three by five cards up here, and I'm just going to kind of throw a couple down here and there. I've got two questions that I want to ask you. And this is, um, if you know me, you know that I love uh, to kind of learn about you guys. I love to kind of hear what you're thinking um, and what you're experiencing. And so I've got two questions. I'm going to put the first question up on the screen. And this is going to be one of those, like, I want you to write on one side of this 3 by 5 card. Just pick up one. You're going you're gonna to give an answer to this question. What do you think is the toughest thing about being a teenager? And here's, here's what I expect out of you. Uh, because some of you are going to be like, well, man, I don't know that I really want to answer. I don't know that I really want to be, you know, honest. I'm just going to kind of sprinkle some pens out here. There's a lot of pens right there. Um, that's right. <laughs> so you're welcome, this side of the room. Uh, anyway, you might have to share a little bit, and that's okay. Um, but here's, here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab one of these 3 by 5 cards and maybe go to a place in the room where you have kind of a surface. Maybe that's the floor. I don't, if you can write on the stage, you're welcome to. Um, but... Literally, right now, stand up, and I want you to come grab a pen and a 3 by 5 card, and then just write on one side the answer to that question. Oh, I found a pen. Here you go, this side. I love you. I promise. You can go, you can go wherever you want. There is a second question, so hang on to your 3 by 5 card, and you're going to turn it over, and you're going to answer that question on the other side. If you want to do me a huge favor and write a number one on the side that you're answering this question. 
It's the toughest thing about being a teenager. You don't have to write your name. Not concerned with knowing who's who. Mateo, you're doing this, right? Yeah. Gary, you're doing this, right? You're answering? Attaboy. See, Gary's doing it. Huh? I appreciate that honesty. I've been in youth ministry for like years. Like, that's my superpower. What are you writing? Okay, so I know you just gave us the instructions, but what are we doing? (laughs) What's the toughest thing about being a teenager? And write a number. Keep it. You're not done. Man. (laughs) Write a number one, right, on the side that you just answered. When you're done, turn it over and write a two. You're like, where? It It does not matter. I just need to see a two on the other side. And then there's going to be a second question that pops up on the screen. What is the toughest thing about being a Christian? And you're like, what if they're the same answer? Cool. I just said it's my superpower. I just said it's my superpower. Okay, so Mateo's going to stand up here and he's going to be the guy who collects them. So when you're done, you can give them to Mateo. Thanks, Mateo, for volunteering. It's called voluntold. the smarter way to do it. You can return your pens to me. Oh, slam dunk. Gracias. Gracias. How many of you are wondering if I'm going to answer, I'm going to read these aloud right now. Do you want me to? I can't read all of them because we do have to get on with the rest of our day. Don't read yours? Okay, I'll know which one's yours, and I won't answer it. I won't read it. Tell you what, I told you you don't have to put your name on it, but extra credit or an F? I don't know which one it is. Would you ladies, um, when you turn this in, will you gather up the extras for me? Thank you. Did you just hit him in the head? Hit her in the head? Extra credit. I should read yours. <laughs> I do love, I do love the opportunity to um, let you guys kind of use your voice, and I love to be able to. People aren't done yet. Thank you, though. Awesome, you guys are incredible. Yeah, keep standing there, looking pretty. Look handsome, pardon, pardon me. 
Uh, I love the opportunity to let you guys kind of share your thoughts on things, um, to be able to talk back a little bit. Um, and uh, and it, it also helps me to learn about you. And so uh, I appreciate I appreciate that. I guess I'll take those. Does, is anyone still going? No? Okay. I thought I saw some people writing. So you say you do want me to answer? You don't want to read it? Okay. Let me see if I can. You did write. <laughs> you wrote your name. That's funny. Stella. Unjustly. I have nightmares about that word. Um, I'm not going to read yours right now because, you know, we're recording this and I don't want parents to be like, well, what did she have to say? Okay. Uh, I'm going to try to read number one first. All right. This is not Stella. Stella's is right here. Uh, peer pressure. Um, parents always telling me I'm wrong. I better get a lot of YouTube views out of this. Parents are going to like want to listen to this because your kids are speaking. Um, relationships which I'm going to guess is like dating. Some are friendships. All relationships. Okay. Um, more responsibilities. Um, getting made fun of. Um, constant comparison. Uh, responsibility, expectations to be mature. <laughs> Following the rules. <laughs> huh? Some adults have trouble with that too. Uh, not really knowing who you are, trying to figure it out. That's a really good one. Um, Figuring out sexuality. Uh, always being ignored by others. Listening to adults. <laughs> uh, expectations from adults. It's a lot of, a lot of, uh, yeah. Mm. Wondering if I'm safe. Man, I hurt for y'all's generation in that way. When we need to be better with our words uh, that come, of, come out of our mouth, again, adults struggle with that too. Um, yeah, pressure, having good friends, fitting in, um, social anxiety. All right, let me see. That's, that's about being a teenager. I'm going to see if I can get to some of these. That's not all of them, but I'm trying to, I do have a message here. Um, people expecting you to be a perfect person. <clears throat> so this is the question number two. Uh, people thinking that you're only a perfect kid. Living godly every day. Um, mm, when I do something wrong, I feel like God doesn't love me anymore. Being judged for your beliefs because of how society uh, views um, Christians. Oh, having to give up things. Um, that's interesting. Uh, hard to share your faith. Uh, every once in a while, I feel like it's difficult, miss the opportunity to share the word. Uh, judgment of other Christians. Uh, 
um, thinking you accepted God, but not really for sure if you did it right, being made fun of, being ignored, trying not to sin, actually trusting Jesus, um, expressing it. That's a good answer. Um, Keeping up with all the info you're given. Trying to talk to other people who don't believe in Christianity. There's so many good ones here. Um, I, I appreciate you guys, that, that honesty. Um, that's, that's super helpful. Um, I, I want to talk about that because um, here's, here's, here's one of the things I, I've learned. And I'm, I'm fully off the rail on like my, my notes. But there's something that I've learned over the last um, several months. Um, I have this little side project where I'm interviewing um, students that are just older than you. So think college age, young adult. And, um, and they're, um, they have a little more experience than you. They have a little more wisdom than you. Um, that's no shade to you. It's just you haven't got there yet. You'll have it when you get there, right? You have more wisdom and experience than your elementary age siblings. And you're like, well, of course. Sometimes we get offended when we're like, you're telling me I'm not as wise as my, you know, you're not. You're not there yet, and that's okay. But here's what I'm learning is a lot of people um, have questions, and they're not sure how or where to ask them in a church setting or even in a home setting. So if your family is like a Christian family, or maybe not even all of you, but maybe you have like at least one Christian parent, uh, grandparent, aunt, uncle, someone kind of in your world that you can like ask those questions to, some people um, uh, have said that they, uh, well, let me just say this. My, my own kind of findings is that like 75%. So that means like three out of every four teenagers do not feel like they can ask uh, their difficult questions about their faith, um, either in church or at home. And I've heard, because I've followed up and asked, um, that they think it's disrespectful if they ask those questions. Um, because if you, so like, for example, if you think like, it's like, Hey, I don't know that I really believe in like right now on Sunday morning, we're talking about the birth of Jesus. That's what we talked about this last Sunday morning. And what if one of you said like, I don't know that I believe that Mary was actually a virgin. That's like, that is a, that's a miracle. And I don't even know that I can like believe that she was a virgin. And so some of you, if you felt that way, maybe you don't want to ask about that because you think it's going to be disrespectful or coming against my beliefs. If I can just, just be real honest with you, you will never uh, burden me with your questions. You'll never hurt me. Um, I will never say you shouldn't ask those questions. I want you to ask all the questions. Um, some people's parents make them feel like they shouldn't ask those questions. Um, just say this again. Your parents, if they feel that way, um, I, I, I love you. I love your parents. I would just lovingly disagree and tell you that you're always welcome to bring those questions for sure. If you've got questions about your faith, there's so many in here about kind of not knowing the next steps and all that. The reason I picked um, Holy, 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 a lot of times the band picks the songs that we sing, and I said, hey, would you mind if we sang a hymn? Um, so I'm just curious, is there anyone in the room that's like, I've never heard that song, that third song, Holy, Holy, never heard it in my life. Anyone? couple of us yeah so it's not a song that's super like popular nowadays I mean it's an older song now when I was a kid younger than you I grew up singing those songs in church 
In fact, I grew up singing only, home, only hymns in church. Maybe some of you have been to a church where there's something in the back of the, um, the seats or you would sit in what's called a pew, which I always thought was a funny name for a chair. Um, just call it a bench. Maybe call it a pew because as a kid I was like, pew, poo, what are we sitting on? Um, but there was called a, something called a hymnal, right? And it's this book of songs. Anyone ever held a hymnal in their hands? Yeah, several of you. Um, and so there's this book of songs that have been written in the past by people that are, that are like, man, they're expressing kind of their beliefs in God through song. But I'll just tell you, like, as a guy who used to sing hymns, I miss some of those songs because they have very rich meaning. Um, I actually, I, I, I didn't um, ask Kyle if I could do this. Um, so, Kyle, do you think that you could go to Holy, Holy, Holy and put up the lyric that says, Though the darkness hide thee? I was thinking about that when we were singing it. Um, and I want to see if you can, like, track this lyric. Because if you're paying attention to the words that you're singing, I wonder if you're kind of like, huh. Because I, I, I was like, huh, when I was reading this. Holy, 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 though the darkness hide thee. Who, who's thee? God. God. Thee is like you, right? So we're singing to God, and we're talking, God is holy, holy, holy. Though the darkness hide thee, though the eye of sinful man, the, thy glory, or God's glory, may not see. I saw that line. Thank you, Kyle. You can put it down. That line that says, though the darkness hide thee, I was like, does darkness hide God from people? Does darkness, does dark, is darkness so dark that people can't see God? We could talk all night about that question. What do you think? Has anyone got an answer to that? Though the darkness hide thee. So this is not necessarily like Bible. This is just a song that someone wrote. He may have some, some biblical kind of inspiration there, but is that a hand? Yeah. Yeah. So are you saying you, you agree that darkness does hide our eyes from God? Kind of shields? Yeah? Sinning makes us feel like we're turning away from God? Yeah? The darkness of Satan? The darkness of our world? I would even say, like, think of all the things that are dark in our world. Think about our culture and how our culture is largely not like pro-Jesus. And so our culture is, is not really interested in you like developing a relationship with God where he is your Lord and he's your savior. He's your king. Um, and so I, I, I read this lyric, though the darkness hide thee. And what's interesting is that Paul is writing to Timothy in, um, in a culture where even the Christians are kind of turning to darkness, and he's trying to warn them. So this is an older, wiser, more mature believer, right, who he's going to call Timothy his true son in the faith. Um, we don't know exactly what happened, but I've always grown up learning that we probably uh, had Paul have a moment where he led Timothy to the Lord, 
He definitely discipled him. And so they probably spent a lot of time together. They probably did a lot of Bible study together. And they probably did life together. So instead of just, because you think Paul, and you're thinking this guy that walks around in a robe who never sins, he's always reading the Bible. I'm sure they went to the markets together, right? If there's like football games, which I don't know what sports were back then, but I'm sure they went to a football game together, right? They probably did life together. There was some age difference between these two guys. And um, it was interesting that they planted churches together. And in this, like, planting churches together, Paul is kind of the head or the pastor, if you will, of these churches being planted. And then what happens is because Paul is like a real gangster, like, as far as church planting goes, he is planting churches and then he's handing off leadership to guys like Timothy. And then he's moving to different cities and he's planting more churches. And then he's discipling guys and saying, all right, you're the pastor. And he's planting churches and he's handing it off. That's what Paul did over and over and over again. Well, so Paul is kind of writing back to Timothy in this moment. And he's going to say like, hey, there's some stuff that we got to be worried about. We've got to be focused on. And in um, their first couple verses of chapter 1, verses 3 through 7, really sum it up for me as I think about what Paul's heart for Timothy is in this moment. Verse is going to be on the screen for us. Verse 3 says, As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus, so that you may charge certain persons. This word charge shows up a lot in First and Second Timothy. It's kind of like an, a, an army or a military term. This is like command. This is like your duty. This is your job, right? So you're going to charge certain persons to do what? Not to teach any different doctrine. I just want to pause for just a second. If you're aware, all eyes on me, if you're aware of the fact that we live in a culture that is like, you can't tell me what's true, I'm going to own my own truth. Right, we live in that culture. When you tell people what you believe, people view it as like a hate crime in the most extreme circumstances. Sometimes I tell people what I believe and they say like, well, I don't, that's not true for me. And I would just say, well, truth is truth, right? And, and so if the sky is blue and you tell me that it's red, I'm like, huh, looks pretty blue to me. You know what I mean? Grass is green. No, that's, that's orange grass. That's just how I see it. It's like, well, no, that's objectively green, right? This stage is carpeted with black carpet. This is wood flooring. Like, there's some things that are true. And what, what Paul's saying is there's some people out there that are trying to teach some different things. And this is the very first command that he's going to give Timothy. Remain at Ephesus, so stay there. Your job's not done yet, so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine. Verse 4. Nor... To devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. Do you know what genealogies are? Yeah, family line. We see those all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. That these different Bible authors give us like this person had this child and that child had that child and that child had. So we can track the genealogy all the way back. So they, what they were doing was they were kind of dabbling in some things that they were not discipled in. That they were not Taught in. This would be like this kind of this kind of idea. They say which propose. Uh, pro, I'm sorry. Promote speculations. I think that's a typo. That's my bad. Promote speculations rather than stewardship. In other words, they went off track because they dabbled in some stuff 
And then and they got even further off track. If you can just, man, if you can just hear me in my heart for you right now, this is no different from what we're doing right now. Some of us are like, well, I'm a Christian, but I do dabble in some other stuff that the Bible says not to dabble into. But it's no big deal because I'm a Christian. God loves me. He forgives me. Does God love you? Yes. Yes. That is the correct answer. Glad you know that. Does God forgive you? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> is it a right or wrong issue to, to dabble into some stuff that's sinful? Or is it wise or unwise? Here's whatever you want to call it. What he's warning is, is even if you just step outside of Christianity for just a little bit, right? Well, I don't know that that doesn't agree. What I'm, my, my behavior, my sin doesn't agree with the Bible, but it's just, I'm going to pop back. I'll be back in church on Sunday. Friday night, that's like, God loves me. He forgives me. Sunday morning, I'm back in, right? I'm asking for forgiveness. And the truth is what he's saying is like, you dabble and then you drift and then you're like on a different path. Now, Paul is warning us in this moment. Like we don't, we don't just devote ourselves to anything, right? We devote ourselves to the teaching that we were given from the beginning. Okay, uh, verse 5. The aim of our charge, this is that word charge again, is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. You've got those three things right there, pure heart, good conscience, and sincere faith. These are things that are handed down to anchor us in our relationship with Jesus. Verse 6. Certain persons, by swerving from these, right, we've dabbled in some other things, have wandered away into vain discussion. And then verse 7. Desiring to be teachers of the law. Check that out. Without understanding either what they're saying or the things about which they make confident assertions. Do you know what I do every once in a while when I'm like scrolling social media? I see someone pop up and they say, this says this in the Bible. Well, let me tell you why this is a lie. And then I'm like, hmm, interesting. And I start listening some more. Well, this word really means this. It was mistranslated in the blah, 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 blah. And you go down this like rabbit hole and I'm looking in the comments and I'm like, holy moly, there's a lot of people that are like listening to this guy False teacher doesn't know what he's talking about because I've studied this very situation and I know that he's lying, but it doesn't matter because you know what happened? He put it on social media. He sounded convincing. And then what happens? This wave of people's like, yeah, I thought it was a lie. And what happens? We dabbled, right? We drifted. We wandered away. We wandered away. So what's, what's Paul saying to Timothy? Paul's not even saying to Timothy, like, make sure you don't do this. I think he knows that Timothy is solid. But what he's saying is, you're in charge of a congregation of Christians, of believers. You need to make sure that they don't wander away too far from these beliefs. I find this interesting because I do want you to hear my heart. Like, I want you to ask hard questions. If you see something in scripture that you don't feel lines up, I want you to ask. I think one of the things that I was, I was told as a kid, I don't know that anyone expressly said this to me, but this is how I felt, was we don't ask those questions because you just accept it. You just accept it. You don't ask me why. I'm just telling you the truth. And then as I grew up, I started to see some things in scripture that didn't line up with what that teacher said. And I'm like, man, I wish they just would have taught me how they came to that how they came to that understanding. Because I need you to hear me. 
Like, I'm not interested in creating little, like, Christian robots that just do what we say, right? Do what the Bible says. I want you to know God, and I want him to fill you up with knowledge, fill you up with heart, fill you up with relationship with him, right? The Holy Spirit moving and empowering you for all that. But the thing is, is that the enemy likes to isolate us when we have those questions, and then all of a sudden we feel like, And so we shrink back or we wander away and we start drifting and we start dabbling in some other things. I want you to hear me. I want you to ask hard questions for sure. But I also want you to not wander too far. I think it's best when you you ask those hard questions in community, in a group. Um, I, I think Google's awesome. But if you Google your hardest questions, who knows what's gonna come up? Right, just anyone. If you search in the search bar of TikTok, is God real? <laughs> and then you just trust whatever comes up, right? Whatever crackhead decides to have the most views is what TikTok is going to show you. You understand how this works? I've even seen where some of the uh, best Christian, like Bible teachers, sometimes I'm looking at their stuff. And it feels like they're not getting the views that they deserve because they're like a really good teacher. And, and so, but then I see these other guys teaching this like foolishness. So I just want you to be careful about where you go looking for answers. I'm not saying I'm the only one with answers. I don't have answers to all the questions. For sure, I probably have more questions than answers at times. But I want you, like Paul saying, like, hey, we got to be careful. So here's, here's um, four challenges that I want to give you. As we're, as we're looking at what it means to be a Timothy. Because what does it mean to be a Timothy? In this case, it means what does it look like for you to be young and figuring out your faith? What does it look like for you to be young and step up to be a leader? What does it look like for you to be young and set an example? Well, I've got four, four things that I want to challenge you to do. The first one is to explore what you believe. Just to explore what you believe. It's interesting um, when, I think about, when I think about what does it look like for someone to explore what they believe. At any moment in any given day, you might not have hard questions. But there are those moments where you do have hard questions. I want you to like, step up and be proactive and like, write those down and bring those to LBS on Sunday mornings. Bring those to your small group leaders, like, like your teachers on Sunday mornings, uh, at Fuse on Wednesday nights, your parents, if they're Christians and they understand. I mean, your parents, ask your parents for all that stuff. Um, but I think it's important for you to own, own your faith that way. I think it's important that you are reading your Bible on your own. Um, in fact, that is my, sec- my second point, is move to an everyday faith. An everyday faith. I think most Christians... Uh, ah, not most Christians, that's the ugly way to say it. There's a good amount of Christians that call themselves Christians because one day they pray to prayer and they know they feel guilty about going to church, so they go to church, but then they put the Bible away for the rest of the week and they don't talk about God at all until they get back to church on Sunday morning. Does anyone in the room think that's authentic faith? No. And what do we like? If we like anything, we like authenticity. We hate when someone's a hypocrite. I'm not calling you guys a hypocrite. What I am saying is this. What if you said, you know what? Like, I do want to explore my faith. Like, I can't explore it for you. You've got to go after that yourself. And so if you've ever had questions, I guarantee everyone in this room, if you've been sitting in Fuse, if you've been sitting in LBS, there's been a moment where you've been like, 
I don't know about that. I have a question. Man, I would love for you to dive deeper into that. And you can do your own study throughout the week uh, in your Bible studies, in your devotionals, your quiet times. You can bring those to your leaders. Um, but I, I want you to, to have an everyday faith. Third, I want you to invite others in. Invite others in. Um, one of the things that I said on um, Sunday was that, because we talked about how important it was for Mary, who gave birth to Jesus, she had this cousin, Elizabeth, they had this little moment, if you're in LBS, um, Life Bible Study on Sunday morning, you heard us talking about this, that um, Elizabeth was like encouraging Mary and reminding Mary of how big of a job it was to carry the baby Jesus and how much of a blessing it was and how she should be reminded of God's favor in her life. And I was like, man, how important is it to have an Elizabeth in your life when you're discouraged in your faith? Right? How much, how much like joy does it bring you when you're like struggling in life and someone comes in with some encouragement or some wisdom or just some time or a shoulder to cry on or someone to like help you walk through some of these hard questions? I want this group to be an Elizabeth for you, right? I want this group to be like a place where you can find support, you can find that encouragement. You can find it in your leaders for sure, but students, let me tell you, there will be nothing greater in the realm of like encouragement ex uh, more than students accepting and encouraging other students. Do you guys hear me say that? You're going to have to step up and be proactive and support and encourage each other when you're struggling. Okay, I want that for you. Invite others in. Um, Timothy needed Paul, and quite honestly, Paul needed Timothy. It goes both ways. I brought this picture. I found this... Um, I found this in my picture bin, and I decided to blow, up, blow it up and um, frame it. I'm going to put it in my office this week. This is me um, circa 20 years ago, and this is my grandpa. Um, he passed away in 2009, and um, 2009, 2010. Um, and um, this was our only moment that I ever had with him after I was called to full-time ministry. He was a pastor, but it didn't mean anything to me that he was a pastor when I was a kid, right? Kind of like when we sang that, that song, Holy, 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 some of you are just kind of like, this is just another song. To now, that song means a lot to me, but when I was a kid, it was just another song that I was just like, when is church going to be over, right? So all of a sudden, I start taking my faith more seriously, and then I have this like crazy moment where God's like, hey, I've built you for youth ministry. I want you to like, like go work in a church, lead students, like disciple students, and lead youth ministry. That's what I've built you for. And then I got to, like, we've always lived far apart. Um, I don't know if you have, like, all of your family living in your neighborhood. I've never lived that life. Currently, we live, like, a 24-hour drive away from our family. This moment was so precious to me, and I'm so glad someone took a picture. And I guarantee the picture was one of those disposable cameras because back then that's what we used, right? And so they took this picture, they printed it out, and I just found it in an album one day, and I was like, oh. I said, Mom, do you know what we were talking about? She goes, I know exactly what you were talking about because I was on the other end of the table just thinking how sweet this was that y'all got this moment to talk about ministry. Right? My family left a legacy of faith in my life. And quite honestly, I didn't really care about it 
until God got a hold of me. Some of you, God's going to get a hold of you in the future, and you're going to realize how much your family has left a legacy of faith or how much the leaders in the room who are not paid to be here, they're here because they love you, right? And those leaders are here because they want to leave a legacy of faith in your life. This picture is so precious to me because I know that I couldn't have done anything in my faith journey without the people who discipled me. And then quite honestly, the fourth one, the fourth point is um, I'm shocked that it lined up with a lot of these, these statements is check your pressure. Check your pressure. And your pressure, here's what I mean by that. There's pressure to fit in. There's pressure to abandon your faith. There's pressure to do the things that the world does. And then there's a whole other kind of pressure. There's a pressure to be a better Christian. There's a pressure to be here every Sunday. There's a pressure to, you know, grow, 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 grow. Serve, 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 lead, lead, lead. And so somewhere in between, sometimes you guys are like, um, I don't know. I don't know. Right? It hasn't been spelled out for me. Right? There's a lot of content. There's a lot of peer pressure. There's a lot of people thinking I'm supposed to be perfect. I'm not perfect. Hey, welcome to the club. I am not perfect either. And I'll tell you, there's pressure coming from all angles in all times of life. Here's what I want you to remember. I'm going to leave you this last verse, Matthew 11. This is Jesus talking. We're going to pop out of Matthew for a second. But following Jesus should be um, a place where you experience peace. And he reminds us in Matthew 11 that when we, are, um, when we labor, when we're heavy laden, that we should come to Jesus and that he'll give us rest. That we take his yoke upon us, we learn from him because we're reminded that he's gentle and lowly in heart and that he will give us rest for our souls. That verse is like the opposite of all the pressure. Pressure to fit in. Pressure to do what the world does. Pressure to get better. Pressure to be perfect. Pressure to ugh, push all that out and you own your faith. Push all that out and you do what you know the Lord is calling you to do. But I, wanna, I just want to challenge you. Last thing I'll say. I just want to challenge you. There's a sense in which Sometimes we cave to the wrong pressure because it sounds right in the moment. You check every piece of pressure against the word of God. The word of God says it, I live by that standard. People think I'm crazy sometimes because I live by the word of God's standard. I don't care what year it is. I don't care what's popular in culture. I'm going to live by the word of God's standard. If there's pressure, it's here. But you know what's great about this pressure from Scripture? Take my yoke upon you. I'll give you rest. That's the offer of Jesus. We're going to talk two more weeks. Last fuse is May 17th. But I really just want to encourage you guys to own your faith through this series. All right. Your name. Uh, we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for um, this time. Thank you for these students, Lord. Thank you for their honesty and sharing these, these opinions on these three-by-five cards. I pray that you would just give us an opportunity to learn from you even this week. Maybe some of us are going to go home. We're going to dust off the Bible. We're going to start a Bible reading plan in like the book of John or something. Lord, I pray that they would own their faith, make the decision, and stick to it. Lord, uh, thank you so much for everything you do for us. It's in your name I pray. Amen.